Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, the final episode of September. And it is now officially fall. And we can wake up Green Day. Yeah, we can wake up Green Day, finally, after all this time. Do they just go into hibernation on September 1st every year? Is that the presumption? I think so. I mean, they would, yeah. It's not any sooner than that because they have, they, have they have shows to play. You know, they're probably doing summer tours and stuff. I'm Illegal 86. I have my good friend Nerd Bomber and my Hello. also good friend Tactic here with me to take you all through the wide world of the world. We're talking about some interesting stuff this week. We're talking about something that I think every every child has used a computer for. That, that's that's a, a very broad. Beyond that's everyone, very vague. Everyone has used this. When well, 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 actually, I'll ask that question when we get to this. That's that's, that's just the broad tease. We're going to talk about one of my favorite people on the planet, Nicholas Cage. He's got a new thing going, and again, that's that's a very broad. That could mean anything, considering how many movies Nicholas Cage puts out a year. And that could mean literally anything. Yeah, he was just in uh, what was it, Dead by Daylight or something? He was uh, in some character pack or something. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a movie, but very excited about that. And then we're talking about a reality show coming to Netflix in late November, and it's based on a show that probably you've seen. This, it, look, it's the Squid Game show. I'll just say it. Squid Game is a show that I saw unintentionally. You, has that ever happened to you guys? It happens to me constantly. How like, does that work? You're just walking by and you're like, oh, what is this? Yeah. My wife is like, I'm going to watch Squid Game. Do you want to watch it? And I'm like, no. I'm, I, she's like, I'm going to start Squid Game. And I was like, I was like playing a video game or like reading a book or something. And I was like, no, that's okay. And then like days later, I walk through the living room and she's watching it and it draws you in. It drew me in almost. To, I, I walked by in the scene. You guys have watched it. You've all watched it. The listeners have all watched it. You know what Squid Game's about. I walked by in the scene where they're trying to cut the like honeycomb out of the thing. I don't know what it is, but they're trying to like cut the cookies out. You know the scene? The oh, shapes? yeah. And if yeah. they break them, they, break they get it. killed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is fascinating. And then I saw I met the old guy and I was like, I like this old guy. And then I was in. That was it. And uh, granted, that was pretty late in the show, I think. I think I just watched a couple episodes, but like I get the gist. I know what Squid Game's about. And uh, Netflix, well, I mean, let's just talk about this one right now because this is this is fascinating to me. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show yet. Netflix is coming out with what they're calling Squid Game The Challenge on November 22nd. Now, 456 people, $4.56 million. It's being billed as the largest reality show prize in like history or whatever. I assume that's true. I'm not going to like fact check that. It certainly seems like a lot. I know at one point Survivor did 2 million, but usually it's like a cool mill is like the, the top prize for these for these reality shows. Which like in retrospect, when you think about that, have all of these reality shows accounted for inflation? Because like no, what I was willing to do, well, not me personally, but like what people were willing to do back in like the 90s and the early 2000s for a million dollars, I feel like has been severely devalued if you're doing like crazy shit again and you're still only getting like a couple million. That's not I, I think, still do uh, some yeah. stuff for a couple million. But I think about this constantly. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. Like the first season of Survivor, the prize was a million dollars. And it it's still that? Two th it's still that. It came out in the year 2000. Do you know how much purchasing power, how much more purchasing power a million dollars had then than it does now? Like it, you're just not getting as much anymore. And granted, the show has evolved significantly, but you're still like ostensibly doing basically the same thing Probably, to get way less anything. of a payout at the end like worse stuff i would imagine i'm not a big survivor no, no. person it's it's in, to use survivor as an example survivor is like did it get more tame over time yeah they they, they kind of like babied it up i have a lot of thoughts about survivor that's not what this topic is about i'm a diehard survivor watch every season they've kind of babied survivor up back in like survivor season two and like that like the like the signal nation seasons people were like starving they weren't starving to death but like they were getting medically evacuated there was a guy who burned his hands in a fire like people were getting medevaced on that show i mean people still get medevaced every now and again but like it's it's tame listeners can can you know corroborate me on this i think if there's if there's survivor fans out there but back to the squid game the challenge now my main overarching we got a we got a trailer for this basically a 50 second trailer it's not even a minute kind of just showing a couple of things that they're going to be they're going to make, make these people do that look similar to the show now let me just go ahead and state the obvious i don't think they're going to kill anybody yeah they're not so going like, to kill them on camera so right away it like it may that makes me a little confused because well, because now it just becomes another game show like it's not i don't know the stakes aren't there not that you want to see people like obviously get killed because i don't not for stupid I, I entertainment definitely do not but like yeah. it just feels like they're missing the point of what the original squid game show and Instead, what their family the comes in and they just go you're dead to me well and the other the other thing about it too is that like uh, yeah obviously it's good that they're not killing people on camera 
I'm not saying they should do that, but or from what I remember of watching or off camera, from what I remember about watching the show, at least the part that I watched, it's like, it's not, it's like many shows of that ilk intended to be like a cautionary tale that teaches you something about, you know, the, the pursuit of wealth or, you know, how, how harmful it can be. And and here we are like they're like (laughs) we're gonna take we're gonna take that and we're gonna turn that into a show and like make it something to be strived for it just it's it's and again people aren't dying so it's 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 on different like ethical footing obviously but it's still like it missed the point completely i do hope they they maybe have like opportunities where you can like lift up people but like at a sacrifice and maybe there is like a, a small connection to that lesson I don't give Netflix enough credit. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's going to be like a one for one. All of the challenges that you see in the show, basically just a one for one replica. And it, it almost makes me wonder because Squid Game, I mean, let's be real here. A lot of TV shows, movies, a lot of the media that we consume, like there are messages that reflect on socioeconomic conditions in the world. And Squid Game was one of those pieces of media. Yeah. I wonder it's I wonder the how they, weird. the original creator of Squid Game feels about it being turned into basically like a joke of a game show. This is Right. Because it missed the it's missed the message so bad. It, it's it's very strange because like, you know, I don't know how many years ago it was and it was probably like around when hunger games became a big deal where like suddenly a huge portion of the media that we consume was about dystopias it was like this it was dystopian fiction and it was like you said kind of intended to like show this sort of like class warfare thing going like hunger games honestly another perfect example of like there's this class warfare there's socioeconomic disparity and like now like we just and this is another piece of mini news i guess the wga strike is like about to end i guess they just they finally got to the bottom of that but like that was just going on and it was in the cultural spotlight for like however many months and this idea of like the haves and the have-nots was like as culturally pervasive as it's been as like a negative thing to be clear obviously and netflix in the midst of that is like yeah there's this sweet new reality show based on <laughs> a dystopian show that like really harps on that and it's coming out on netflix on in november you should you should watch it it's gonna be really fun and like so let me ask you guys a question sure so obviously they've recorded the show already they've given out the prize someone's won okay they've they've that money's gone do you think we as consumers should just all veto the show so that they take a hit and learn a lesson it's well that will never happen yeah but like it's i think it's a it's a noble idea viva la revolution that just is never gonna happen like this is gonna come out november 22nd it's like to be clear like i have my issues with it it's going to be huge and like yeah i'm sure at some point i probably not right away but like I'll probably give it a shot. It's there. And it it will be in the top 10 for like six months or something. Everyone's going to be watching. This is an opportunity though, folks. This was the largest payout that any Netflix show has ever done. And really, maybe even every game show, as we said. We can really stick it to them. We we the people have the power. Can we? Hold the line. 4.56 million dollars is the tiniest dent in the lint in the lining of the Netflix pocketbook. It's meaningless to them a meaningless sum i mean it's a known it's a known fact and like the reason that netflix is so big into reality and honestly like to their credit in a lot of ways is because they're so cheaply made like and it's and like yeah i mentioned the writer strike during the writer strike it's probably when this happened because they no one had to write it you're feeling revolutions are so much harder to get together these days well i mean if we if we were like you know i don't know what's a big podcast if we were like if we had more listeners then yeah maybe this would be a good starting point we were taylor swift yeah. yeah that's interesting that's it's, did that's, you that's see, fun. not to like pivot away from squid games but did you see that travis kelsey's jersey sales like skyrocketed and sold like a ridiculous amount after taylor swift went to the, <sighs> the chiefs game look i do we want to talk about this because i i think you and i are going to disagree on this are you a swifty hater come on they're just having I, fun so no i am not a swifty hater at the same time. Are you a Travis Kelsey hater? A, a little bit, but that's also not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is I'm very into football and a lot of my Twitter and social media presence in general is centered around following sports journalists and reading things about football and the sport of football. I have fantasy football teams. It's like a thing for me this time of year. And yesterday I had to scroll Twitter or X or whatever for like an hour just to see one post that wasn't oh my god taylor swift is that who cares i don't care like people may care 
As a football fan, I am telling you, Adam Schefter, I do not care that she is there. I, if, in fact, I negative care. But do you like, know who does care? The articles. Swifties. The companies that are posting these articles because their clicks and viewership just skyrocketed. I was actually did very they? surprised. They did, yeah. I was very surprised. So the game was on Fox, correct? And I don't know. I wasn't watching. Like halfway through, because it was a blowout of a game, they switched to the oh man the arizona cardinals was playing somebody the cowboys yes. and they won which yes. was crazy by the way they switched the game though partway through and they probably had the highest viewership because people i know who don't even like football who like taylor swift were tuning in to see glimpses in between why plays. why but that's my issue to see what to see what so who is your favorite like, it, composer it, it, Favorite composer, Hans yeah. Zimmer. Oh, is he still alive? Oh, yeah, he's still alive. Okay. Shout out to Hans Zimmer. <laughs> still out there. He's still going. Well, I wasn't sure. Um, I can, imagine. I, first of all, where, I, where are you going with this example? Because I don't okay. care about seeing Hans Zimmer anywhere. So, <laughs> Let me ima- just say that right now. Imagine. <laughs> okay, well. I was going to yeah. say, imagine Hans Zimmer is in the crowd of your favorite football team. And you're like, holy moly. I did not know that Hans Zimmer liked my team. This I want to see game. his. No. I'm not going to tune What's, it. I'm not going to tune Where is the like, last place that you would imagine Hans Zimmer? Probably a football game, honestly. It sounds like his worst nightmare. <laughs> like, I, I, but that, it's, that's. It's, so that's just the. All these people were like, wow, I never thought I would have seen Taylor Swift at a football game. And she's at a football game. I got to check this out. So, like, if Hans what? Zimmer like, was I, like. You never imagine him in a, in a slime pit, right? Like, oh my gosh, he's in a slime pit. I want to see this. Well, the like, difference yeah. is too. So I, I can kind of give you a little bit of a lowdown. So most of Taylor Swift's music, and not most, I won't say that because it's not. It's about breaking up with boys. No, that's very, that's too. That's derivative. No, that's too simplifying. That's too too much of a simplification of her music. I'd say like you probably haven't listened to her latest albums and especially like the Folklore and Evermore you haven't listened to because they are not that at all. But a lot of her music, especially like when people started following her transition from country into pop and becoming like a megastar was about, you know, relationships. And especially in the last, I don't know, not quite a decade, like six years or so, she has been very closed lipped about relationships like not even really seen in public and now all of a sudden she's out on like the biggest stage with travis kelsey's mom like whooping and hollering and saying let's fucking go when he's scoring a touchdown she did she did she did did say say that that. yeah and like she said fuck though she did yeah she said she said fuck yeah and i think for people who are interested in the music who relate to her music and who relate to her i think that you know seeing her in a very more public relationship which is different than what she has been in for a while is exciting and there's also like the parasocial nature of how people relate to celebrities these days which is a completely other thing. so yeah if she wanted everyone to veto squid game she would just go yo veto squid game that was my point. I I appreciate you trying yeah, trying to get us back on topic, but it's not going to happen. We're 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 I'm I want to understand this now. So, to be cl- let me make something clear too uh, off the jump and I think I did before, but let me just say again. I do not have a problem with Taylor Swift. Like I, I if anything I have respect for the career that she has cultivated and the fame that she has cultivated. She's clearly very successful. I understand the reasons. I'm not faulting that. I just like I think the a better example for you would have been Nicolas Cage who we actually were yeah, talking about. Yeah. Nicolas Cage. Th- that's a better one. If Nicolas Cage was suddenly at your favorite football team's game, wouldn't you want to see I his wouldn't... wonky reactions? During like to no. plays, and you you're would, a liar. I, you're a liar. You're, you're, you're a, a liar. I don't you're think a, I would the, care I, if he showed up at a game. You'd be like, guys, guys, Nicholas. I honestly, I well, I don't think I would care. But even if I cared, I wouldn't care this much. Like, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's like necessarily one person is just carrying a super amount. I think she has such a large fan base. That's why it seems like people care this much because there's just so many people who are invested. Whereas, like, well, so my other theory is, and I'm you, again, you know more than me. I'm going to defer to you on this, but you said she's not very public about her love life. What people know seems to be that at least the last guy she dated was kind of a kind of a chowderhead. Is that is that yeah. a fair assessment? Big chowderhead. So like, and you know, again, I have my I have my issues with Travis Kelsey, but like, is the idea He's that like a oh, this is a, this is a match match made in heaven kind of situation like oh she finally found a good man like i don't is that i don't, what, is that I don't what this necessarily is? know like oh she found a good man but i think it's more like uh the last guy was super problematic and this guy is like regardless of how you feel about him in terms of football like he's a big mama's boy who's very just like dude has a commercial promoting the booster shot like i don't know not so, super problematic 
individual. Like the, the thing is, and I just, I want to say one more thing about this because now we're on this. I before the game too. I he was on a podcast or something. Travis Kelsey was, and I saw the clip because again, this was apparently huge news. I saw the clip of him, like what he said to her to get her to come. And it was like the least convincing thing I've ever heard. It was cringy. I, I, I almost want to look it up and read it. But it was basically like, I came to one of your shows and it was pretty lit. Now let's, you should come to what I do and see if it's more lit or so, something to that effect. Yeah. A lot and, I was, and I was like, and I was like, that sucks see but that's that's why she fell for him he has a way with words i think a lot of people are invested in this because before that supposedly on another podcast he said that he brought so taylor swift's big thing at her concerts are friendship bracelets it's a lyric from one of her songs and he basically made her a friendship bracelet with his number on it and i think a lot of people who are starved for rom-com entertainment in an age of rom-com drought see this as like something that Um, yeah um, like yeah just like an interesting like oh let's see how this works out because that's kind of a cute meet cute story sort of deal and you mentioned that like you mentioned like the parasocial like and i and i get that like i i'll i'll cop to having one or two parasocial relationships like i think in today's day and age all of us do to some extent but like it was just it was so pervasive and if you can't tell if it hasn't already been made clear it annoyed the bejesus out of me i was like i just want to know about football can i uh i don't want to see the same in, well, taylor swift album <laughs> no that but no you can go into your settings in x formerly known as I twitter will nev- i will never i will never do this you can mute stuff <laughs> I'm not going to mute Taylor Swift. I don't have a problem with her. I don't know what to tell you. What if there's a Taylor Swift thing I want to know down the line? That's not on a football Sunday. This is my this is my predicament. This is what keeps me up at night. Anyways, that was a fantastic derailment we just had. Sorry to the listeners, but I mean it was also like major news. That's like news in its own right that we just talked about. And yes, Tactic, you're right. If Taylor Swift said don't watch the Squid Game show, probably no one would watch it. That's the kind of staying power that she has. And 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 again, to be clear, I I respect that. So again, November twenty second, this show is coming out. It seems weird, but it's probably gonna be a big hit. If you saw the trailer, you can hit us up on Twitter or X or whatever. Uh, at Online Warriors One is our main show account. I am at at OW Legal 86. We have at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber. Tell us what you think of this. Tell us what you think the implications are of Netflix turning a dystopian show into a reality show. To some extent, all reality shows are a little dystopian. They're about people conniving each other and whatnot, but this this may be a next level situation. So again, hit us up there. Let us know what you're feeling. Let's talk about Microsoft Paint. Let's let's lighten things up. Let's go back to the 90s. Microsoft Paint is one of those things. It's if you're me at least, and especially if you're a Mac user like me, it's very easy to forget that it's still going on. I hate you. Is this, that is that not, is that an unfair assessment? I use I use it to this day. Okay. Not only do I use it like at work but also i use it like for the podcast guys it is one of my many tools for editing cover art it's fascinating to me i do use paint sporadically so like have you ever taken a a screenshot of something and you need to add like some notes open with paint you can put it in paint and you can put some like very simple text and like draw an arrow and you don't have to open photoshop which is like very intensive on your computer hardware I mean, especially like if you have a, a crappy laptop, like some of us do. Like, I can't have. And also, like, I can't have you like, like PowerPoint. Pay for Photoshop. Well, no. I mean, well, it depends. There's it, online Photoshop <laughs> too. That's like free versions, but like. No, I, I'm even talking about like in a workplace environment. If you're trying to like send a note. Sure. Like, I don't know. I can't have PowerPoint and Photoshop open at the same time because it makes my computer sad and slow. But Paint is very lightweight, so like for a very quick five second thing, Paint it is, but. So the news here is that MS Paint is getting a major update, including, and I'm quoting here, layers, PNG support, dark mode, better zoom controls, and an overall redesign. So first of all, I would have thought they would have had PNG support. That 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 was the part that I was like, wow, what, when was the last time it was updated? Dark mode seems like a big deal. That's my other like second major reaction Layers to this. Layers is the biggest deal. What does that, can, okay, you see, what does that mean? Again, can you explain this, that to this me? is another tool. So I use a combination of paint and, and Photoshop to make the cover art. And what a layer is, is let's say you have a background and and it's just, it's, it's a mountainous range, okay? And I want to put a picture of myself into this mountain. So instead of just like cropping out whatever photo I took and putting it onto this mountain, I add a layer and then put that on its own layer. And what that allows me to do is 
after I put it on, if I go, ah, oh, you know what, I want to move it to a little bit of the left or a little bit to the right, I can just move it, and it's not it's not paste on top of the original image. It doesn't delete the stuff behind it. That stuff behind it is always behind it. It's a new layer. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and I'm I'm glad. I'm very glad. I mean, I'm always glad you're here, but I'm glad you're here right now because I, I literally I'm not sure when the last time I used MS Paint was. So every it time would have to be if you need if you paste it in and. Let's say you want, for whatever reason, you did a couple extra things and the undo's gone and you can't move it. You have to basically start over. Now having layers allows you to not need to start over. It makes it more agile. And then you would just finally export it as the full single layer image. And you can merge layers to just have it be a one layer image. So. Now, I, I want to I note here too. So we're getting this news from, from a post on X from, from IGN. First of all, the way they post it is, is fantastic. It's like an image made in paint. Looks like someone someone drew like a ladybug and a sun and it has the headline news and the IGN logo made in paint. It's also, I want to note that it's also being built. Like the, the headline says, and again, I'm quoting, 90s kids are rejoicing as MS Paint is set for a huge update that brings layers, blah, blah, blah. So you're saying you still use it at a reasonable clip, but it's it's... It's like it's try it's like it's being marketed as like oh this is a cool retro thing. So yeah, I don't quite understand why they're calling it like 90s retro thing because like I said it it's, it is used a lot even in like industry. Like I don't know why that I think they're just trying to do like millennial clickbait nonsense personally. Well, it's probably working. I mean, it would have worked on me because I I like I just again, I don't use haven't used MS Paint in a while. I my issue with MS Paint, which I'm sure is most people's issues with MS Paint, is that fine motor control with a mouse. But when you're like writing stuff, I was like, oh my god, this is impossible. I just like lost patience. Honestly, again, this art. Well, that's that I so. I'm, posted, I'm glad you actually super impressive. mentioned that. So one of the other things that's actually embedded in the, the, I guess, the source code you'd call it for the MS Paint is they added AI features, which is really great because it has layers. You would want to theoretically remove backgrounds from images. So this that was the coolest it, part to me. Float around on, on top of your own background. So they have AI tools that will automatically remove the background from your image. So you don't have to sit there with your, as Illegal says it, fine motor skills and trace around the outside. You can, that option's available, but they have AI built into the software to do that for you quick and easy. And it's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, this is definitely a positive piece of news. There's nothing bad about this. Like I'm not, I'm not here being like, why are they doing this? I do wonder when the last update was. Because again, this is like making it seem like this it has been updated in like twenty from years. What, <laughs> from what it seems on the demonstrations that we watched, this is version eleven, and I don't know if they they revised the version. Like I don't know if version one was the you know the first version, and they're at eleven now. I don't know that answer, but. If we're only at 11 after over 40 years, that wouldn't surprise me. Is there, um, again, just kind of asking in the room, is there like a Google, because Google has, you got Google Docs and Google Drive and like, what, what, what's the one where the PowerPoint one? Google something. Is there like a Google Paint? No, not that I'm aware of. Now I have to Google this. Now, if that's, that's fascinating to me. If they really wanted 90s kids to rejoice on a piece of software that they stole from us and haven't given it back. Google Drawings, but I don't think that's... that's well, it's, yeah, like it, it, it's interesting because like I'm now thinking about like what is the Apple equivalent of MS Paint because I'm sure there is one, but whatever it is, it doesn't have like the, I guess like the brand cachet that MS Paint... Like when you say MS Paint, everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the Apple one sucks. I remember using it and being like, what is this nonsense? I just, I find that very interesting. But yeah, go on, Tactic. The thing that we lost that 90s millennials should rejoice when we get it back, Microsoft Movie Maker, that free piece of that software was, oh, yeah. was freaking yeah. dank. Super, super cool. And from what I remember, like very easier to use than MS Paint. Like MS Paint, I was, again, I was like, I don't have to find motor skills for this. Microsoft Movie Maker was like, do you want to be basically Steven Spielberg? Here you go. Look at this, a lens flare. Just put it in. And I was like, sweet. Made some bangers. With the Microsoft oh yeah, that maker. that blue title screen background. Oh, oh, guys, I need to step yeah. away for a moment. Whew. You probably you you could probably still find one of those with like a couple of clicks on YouTube. Just find someone who had made a Windows Movie Maker. Is was it Windows Movie Maker or Microsoft? It doesn't matter, I guess. But whatever it was, it was Windows. It Movie ruled. Maker. But yeah, we've always had Paint. We've always been using it. But we we welcome an upgrade. And guys, I'm excited for it. That is my takeaway. Just, I yes, just more good news, more positivity, and acknowledge that we love it and acknowledge that we're still using it. And so thank you. There you have it, folks. Uh, I don't know when we're getting this new update. 
I'm not sure if even IGN knows, but it's coming. So you're going to be able to draw ladybugs and suns and grass and whatever the heck you want. I used to draw so Flamethamon. Look up for that. I assume that's a Pokemon. It's a Digimon. How dare you. Get your shit together. Okay. I, I, I mean, at first it just sounded like you sneezed or something. I didn't know what you were saying. Wow. Strike two. <laughs> yeah. I'm on thin ice here. We're going to go to break so I can reestablish my footing. But before we do that, it's that time in the show in which I would be remiss. If I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, that suit of armor looks great on you. Yeah, it looks great on you. Uh, Stephen has been supporting us for quite a while at the highest of our three levels of Patreon support, which is the night level, which gets him access to the monthly secret segment, the vlog. He gets his producer shout out. He gets weekly input into the game segment. He gets the occasional guest spot on the show. Uh, you want to be a knight. You want to be like Stephen. There's also, however, a squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. If you head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast, you can see all of the details on any of those levels of support and you can say hi to us and say hi to steven so you're gonna want to head over there again it's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast shout out again to steven thank you for all you've done for the show thanks to all of our patreon supporters past present and future for continuing to support the show yeah you're the reason that we're still going we're gonna take a short break now as i mentioned before coming back to talk a little bit about my guy nicholas cage we'll see you in a couple minutes I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madam's Podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed, too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think, you found your new favorite show. New episodes of The Madam's drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Madam's Pod. Or on our website, themadamspod.com. Have you ever had a dream? I mean, yeah, you- definitely. For sure. That no. Have you, have you not seen that YouTube that YouTube video? Because if not, I'm going to send it to you. Of the kid on the sh- on the show who has to say, "Have you ever had a dream?" I'll send it to you later. If anyone out there is listening and knows the video I'm talking about, they're laughing right now. But that's fine. But yeah, I guess. Have you ever had a dream? Just any dream. I, I have. have. You ever have you ever had a dream? Have you ever have ever had someone show up in your dream repeatedly? That's actually that's that's the question. Beetlejuice. Okay, but not like a person in your, like, just, okay, so a fictional character. Beetlejuice has been a long-standing. I haven't actually had this in a while, but, like, even into adulthood, from the time I was a child, I have a very specific dream, and I don't know what it means. Is it, is it scary? Is it scary? It's unsettling, for sure. Oh, I have one of those. Essentially, my dream is that I'm a, I'm a child, because this, this started when I was a child, so, like, I continue to be a child in the dream that is recurring. And I'm in a supermarket, and there's, like... A zombie apocalypse, but Beetlejuice is in control of all the zombies. Like I'm talking about Michael Keaton, Beetlejuice. That's three. Oh, so he's here now. You said you said Beetlejuice three times, so he's here. Oh, sorry. Well, whatever. But Michael Keaton. You're gonna have that dream tonight, confirmed. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully not. But that Michael Keaton Beetlejuice is like I'm trying to find my family, but like he's there trying to stop me from finding my family. But also is like you know how in the movies he's like kind of nice, but also like not and. I think I was just confused after seeing the movie. So that's really the meaning of the dream. But I have had this same recurring nightmare. And like all of the technology and stuff in this dream are still like from back in the day. And it's very unsettling. I haven't had it in a few years though. So maybe I'm like at peace. Oh, that's not unsettling. I, I gotta say if this. If you're well, in the dream, I, it's unsettling. I have, I have to voice this because there needs to be a dream analyzer on this one. I have this dream where it's there's n- not a story, no plot, nothing going on, no people. It's literally just they're like sausages, but they're like short, fat sausage things cracking. Like it's like there's bone. What? It's like there's bone inside these these sausage what things. Do you mean? And they're what just, do you mean popping? They're stationary. And then every now and then they pop and snap and then pop the other way and snap. And that that's it. There is a psychiatrist listening to this show right now frantically dialing a hotline right now. Whenever I have this dream, it is the most unsettling thing ever. How often do you have this dream, and am I ever a sausage? No, there's no people. It's it's just the sausage. I've I started having it literally in college, and I've had it every. It's just now and the then dancing since. sausages. 
So we're talking like cocktail weenies, like the little guys. They're they're not they're not like actually sausages. They're 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 like sausage casing shaped, and they just crack every now and then. I don't know what the, I don't know. What Did to you tell watch you, the one. movie this is Sausage Party? To me. No, this is well before that. Uh, weird. Is Beetlejuice the one where they sing the banana the Deo song and the people dance? You know what I'm talking it's about? Been a, it's been a hot the Deo the Deo. It's song, been a hot Dalton minute since song. I've seen the movie, but that sounds about right. I think it is. I don't have really any recurring dreams anymore. When I was younger, my my nightmare was always Dracula. And it was the same weird looking Dracula. It wasn't like a normal looking Dracula. He had like a tall head, which is a weird thing to say, but that's what it was. Don't really have any recurring dreams anymore. Although every so often I will have a dream that I am on my way to band class, which was the first period of the day in high school, and that I've forgotten all my sheet music. That's not a joke. That really happens to me. Like probably like once or twice a year, I have that dream. And I'm like this one again. There's a trailer for a movie called Dream Scenario where Nicolas Cage starts showing up in people's dreams and he becomes world famous for it. And I saw this trailer and I was, you know, I'm a Nicolas Cage fan. So I was instantly pretty enamored. And I dropped this, I dropped this trailer into our chat where we like select topics for news. And Tactic said, this literally happens at once. So, can you can you talk at all to that at all? Because did it did were people just started seeing you in their dreams? Um, so I am what you call a perpetual liar and storyteller. <laughs> yeah, if you scroll down, if you scroll down two messages, he says that was a lie. But nevertheless, when I first read that, it really made me crack up, and I wanted to, I wanted the audience to have the same experience. Do you guys know so, what this is based on? This movie, by the way. Or I'm assuming probably loosely based on. I do not. I know, here's what I'm going to tell you. What I know. Produced by Ari Aster, who is the Hereditary guy, and a couple other movies. I think he did Midsummer as well. A24. A24 always does weird stuff. Nicholas Cage is in it, and Michael Sarah is in it, which is interesting. That's that's all I know. So yeah, hit me with some knowledge. So back in the 2000s, it was like 2006 or 2008. I, I don't really know for sure, but there was. It wasn't an internet meme because it wasn't really a meme per se, but it was like an internet, kind of like a hoax, but it was a phenomenon for a little bit before it was revealed to be a hoax. And there was a website that was called Ever Dream This Man. And there was a picture of a guy, like there's a, a drawing of this man's face. And the website claimed that more than like a several thousand people had all dreamed of this man. And, you know, this person, the person who started the website said that, you know, they were a patient of a psychiatrist and had discovered that they had been dreaming this man along with several other people and they wanted to see if other people out there in the world had also been dreaming this man and then claimed like thousands of people had dreamed this person. And it ended up being like a internet experiment. I think the person who started it was like a sociologist or something who just wanted to see like if he could run an internet hoax. But it was... The the website's still up, by the way. It was like, I remember in like high school... People talked about this and like, you know how there were kids who were like, oh, yeah, I definitely dreamed of this guy. It's so creepy. Like, it was basically one of the original creepypastas. The guy looks creepy. So the website, if you want, if you're curious, is thisman.org. Thisman.org. It's still, it's still up. And also, there's no evidence that it, like of, of what you're saying that like it's an experiment or whatever. Not on the website. It's just kind of like, yeah. But it was like debunked later on. It's, it's an interesting premise for a movie because it like... I love movies like this where the premise can be very easily described in a sentence or less than a sentence. And there are really a, a lot of different places the story can go from that premise. And, you know, when you have someone like when you have a, a premise that is as kooky as this is and you get Nicolas Cage to be in your movie, it feels kind of like a home run. He has experience with A24. He was in Pig a little while ago, which like actually was amazing. And this movie, you know, we talk about Rotten Tomatoes on this show all the time. So why not? Why stop now? On 33 reviews, because I know this was this was a TIFF. So like critics have already seen this. 33 reviews, 88% critic score. Now I know we don't believe in the critic score around here. Yeah, I, I you know, I think this is, this is going to be, this is going to be a theater watch for me, I think. Like I would go see this in a theater. I'm definitely on board with this one. I just... This feels like one of those movies where Hollywood's being original again and we're getting a fun new story. Please more of this. The mix of horror comedy, because that's what, that's what this is being billed as, is a horror comedy. That is just always very interesting to me. And, you know, th- there are big swings being taken in that genre mix that often don't work. But 
I think typically if you reach this point and A24 is like putting out big trailers for it and Nicolas Cage is in it, like the script must be really good. This this may have some some actual juice. So I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely interested. You know, Nicolas Cage is a very interesting man and he works a lot. So like it's every now and again, there will be a movie of his like four or five movies a year that separates itself from the noise and is actually good. And this is one of them. I like that. You know, to put it another way, if you th- if you throw this many darts, you're going to hit something eventually. But I-, I also want to give him some more credit than that. I like the idea of adapting the old school creepy pastas. I know Slenderman was one that has already had a lot of you know TV and movie adaptations, and unfortunately also like real life incidents related to it. But I really like. I feel like the the late '90s, the early 2000s, the, the advent of the internet. Really, there's so much to mine there in terms of movies like creepypastas were a huge staple of the internet like i don't know about you guys but one of the things like you'd be hanging out with friends or you'd go to a sleepover or something and you would check out the latest creepypastas to just kind of like freak everybody out so you didn't have to like play lead as a feather stuff as a board you would just go read like crazy stories that maybe were true maybe not and i think they also this is a, a more recent creepypasta but there's that twitter thread and I don't. Yeah, the, I was just looking it up. Is it like Dave yeah or something? The and kid? they're making a movie and out of that. They're making a show. Too. Out of and it. I think, like in terms of horror stuff, like I don't like scary movies, but there's something where there's not really jump scares, but it's like very unnerving and unsettling. And as long as they do it right, like I think this, you know, basically giving taking the this man phenomenon and taking it a step further and it, assigning that person an identity and exploring the potential this man behind the this man phenomenon. I think it's a really cool take. And I really wish that they like more people mine some of this stuff from like the nineties and two thousands early internet. Cause there's a lot of interesting stories. Yeah, it, out there. It's, it's called the dear David, the dear David tweets. I was just looking this up. Cause I remember this, this made news recently back in July. It was announced. This is going to be uh, yeah, a movie. If you have not read the dear David tweet series, like it's, it's, it's pretty really good. good. It's really yeah, well it's done. It's pretty good. And yeah, there's also, there's also there's a trailer out for this movie. I haven't watched it yet, and it looks like it's one of those like low budget kind of deals. But still, it's 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 pretty cool. It's also out on on demand in theaters and on digital October thirteenth, which is like pretty soon. Dude, so, okay, we're gonna watch that and Slaughter House. Season. Big movie night. I cannot wait to hear the Slaughter House reviews. Oh no, from you. We're going to particular. watch it together. Well, I know, but I still can't. Okay. I can't wait to hear your reviews. Yeah, going back to Dream Scenario, it already come out. I didn't see it. Yeah, no, it was at TIFF on September 9th, and it's really being released by A24 on November 10th. Yeah, he play- Nicolas Cage plays a professor named Paul Matthews. One of the last times he played a professor was in the movie called Knowing, where he's an MIT professor, and it was amazing. So, uh, yeah, this is I think it's going to be pretty good. If you're interested, hit us up on the old Twitter sphere. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of Nicolas Cage, too. I'm always down to talk about Nicolas Cage. So we'll be on the lookout for that. It's now time for What Are You Up To Wednesday? The portion of the show where we talk about what we've been up to. And I'm going to kick it over to someone else this week to start. And that someone else is Nerdbomber. All right. So we watched two big things. So I think we talked a little bit about Dr. Death last week, but we finished that. We finished binging it. And man, it is wild. That entire story is just mind boggling. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, where I believe we touched on it a little bit, a very quick recap. Basically, the show is a true crimey scenario about a doctor who botched, maimed, killed 33 people as a surgeon. And he was able to just kind of like go under the radar and bounce around from hospital to hospital and continue operating on people until a couple surgeons intervened and, you know, went to a Texas district attorney to try to convict him. And I was kind of stunned. It also made me like a little unnerved. I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's something you just, you got to watch to believe. I could not believe that this is a real thing that happened. But then after the fact, now I'm just like wondering how many other times this has happened that we just don't know about. It was, yeah. a, it was really well done. Definitely, definitely recommended, I think. But if you are going into surgery or know anybody who is. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Like. I listened to a, a podcast about it and it's, it's actually insane. It, it is. Like it's, insane. it's, it's crazy. So yeah. I would agree with your advice. If you're like 
undergoing a medical procedure just stay as far away as possible which honestly us telling you that probably makes you nervous anyways but it's better than listening to this thing trust me and then we also started love is blind season five has finally hit netflix the first four episodes are out and when i tell you i i don't know how to feel about this season so far first of all it feels less about like the love connections than about the drama this season from like a producer standpoint. I feel like they're really choosing to focus on specific storylines. And I don't know if maybe it's just because their cast let like only gave them so much to work with. I don't really know. Something about it doesn't feel as like genuinely about love this season as it has in the past. And there's some crazy freaking plot lines. And I just know the Netflix producer team is sitting there conniving steepling their fingers waiting to see how this pans out and how they well i mean i'm sure they did as they were filming it but it's just it's just crazy i don't want to spoil it because it did just come out and i don't want to get too in depth but i can't wait to talk about this a little bit more when the full season is out and everybody has seen it because man it is it is something else it is a different feeling this season than other seasons for sure yeah, I'm sure I'll slam every episode of that at some point, but I, I haven't yet. They 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 shadow drop these things. I don't even know they're coming. They really did. They like, did oh, not advertise they, this like, one super well. Well, they didn't. They didn't last time either. That's kind of their thing. Is they're like, oh, you thought you were going to do something this weekend? No, you're not here. <laughs> it's it's a very strange. It's, it's effective, but it's a very strange like marketing technique, I guess. And then I will give a shout out to our boy Illegal. He had gifted us a popcorn popper for like your campfire, and this was not our first time using it, but we busted it out this weekend and we made some delectable popcorn around a fall campfire, and it was great. So yeah, it's it's contractually it it is fall now, so you're allowed to say that it is. It's fall, y'all. I'm glad the uh, the Pippity Popper is working out. Yo, it is some delicious popcorn. I got to tell you. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It has a, it does kind of take on a little bit of a smoky flavor, which is quite pleasant. Ooh. Well, good. I'm glad it's working out. Cool. Tactic, do you want to keep us going here? Sure. So two things that we also did was we watched The Little Mermaid, the live action remake. And... You know, there was my, my major comment and, and Nerd Bomber and I had the same exact comment right when it ended. You know, there was a lot of like comments on the various animations or the casting. And I got to say the cast was absolutely amazing, except for one person I did not care for. And that is her dad. King Triton. King Triton. He he just was off. He wasn't he wasn't intimidating. He wasn't this big towering feature. He just kind of kind of scrawny almost like you can like a stiff breeze can knock him over and i was like this is this isn't king triton this is some little little scrawny guy so so my my wife it's it's funny my wife watched this over the weekend too i wasn't there but she kind of said the same thing she said the cast was amazing she she did do a lot of i don't want to say ragging on it but like she said visually it was very weird at times and she was not taking it very seriously and then towards the end she started taking it seriously because it like got her to do so the but underwater the, scenes, a lot of the visuals were jarring. Yeah, the underwater scenes said. were, especially when there were humans involved. Like with when it was like sea life and animals and stuff natural to the sea, fine. When there were people's hair flowing in the ocean, not good, not great CGI there. But I think it was really great from the perspective that it gave Prince Eric a little bit more of a background as well. Not that he's kind of a nobody in the original animated movie but you don't really get much context for him as a person like he's just like the prince that she should marry because he's a prince and he's handsome and they give him a little bit more depth and personality which i appreciated and they even gave more backstory to like where he came from and the the island that he lived on and Overall, like, not that I want to take a movie about Woman Star and make it about the guy, but I think it helped make her seem less shallow because she's not just going after the prince because he's a prince. You know what I mean? It gave it more like a 360 feel. So, yeah, we well, cool. we watched that. And then the other thing was we want apple picking. And, like, guys, early October, late September, I got to say, is prime apple picking. A lot of people, they wait till the leaves start to go brown and, and the air really feels crisp. And, and by that point, most of your trees are going to be picked out. So this is my PSA. Do it now. And your apples, when they're fresh picked, they'll last all through winter. You should throw them in the crisper. You're good to go. So go apple picking. Would you, uh, what are we talking, Granny Smith? 
Uh, no, ew. no, Macintosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you gotta go, G Smith. G Smith is the play. It's the best apple. What's the best apple? There we Hit go. Us up on, oh, we've, up on Twitter. we've hit strike three. So he's done. He's done for the episode, guys. Um, you're not going to hear silent. from him. I'm, I'm, I'm just silent. What's the best apple? Hit us up on Twitter. I'm, I'm serious. It's Anthony Mac. Like I, I, I say hit us up on Twitter a lot, but this is very important to me because to me there is literally one apple and it's Granny Smith. Like any other apple, I'm not interested. That's that's where I'm at with 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 apples. Uh, also, Granny Smith, it's like the apple that's always used in baking. So how could it like? Come on, it's the best apple. Cool. On my end, I don't have much. That's kind of why I saved myself for last. But I did. I want to shout out a board game that I've played a few times and most recently played over the weekend that has generally earned good reviews amongst the people I played it with. It's a party game called Hughes and Cues. This game is a little bit like Code Names, but you, there's no teams. You're all playing individually. Basically, have a board of a color grid with the rows as letters and the columns as numbers and there's basically just a giant color grid like when you're going to pick a color on something like ms paint and you need to give basically one to two word clues to get people to put their pieces on the square of the color that that you've drawn on a card very very simple super low barrier to, barrier to entry and uh sports up to 10 players so uh, it's really fun and also if you get it at the right time i think you can get it on amazon for like 15 bucks it's like super cheap so i wanted to shout that out and then otherwise i in the in the wake of in- inscription, I was looking for a new game on the Switch, and lo and behold, the eShop again just coming in, coming in clutch at all times. I went ahead and bought the uh, the port of the Lord of the Rings LCG, which I own in physical copy, but I have a couple of games like that already: uh, Sagrada and Wingspan, which have really great board game ports on the Switch. It's so far, it's looking like this one is no exception to that rule. It's it's been great so far. I haven't played much of it yet, so I don't want to say too much. But it is a you know card based card based game you can play solo. So having a great time with that so far. And uh, yeah, for now I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I'll just say that it's uh it's fall and it's almost sweater season, and I'm very happy about that. That brings us to Quiztown. And this week, the mayor of Quiztown, I believe, is Tactic. Tactic, I will take you through the. Uh, through the rankings and the records and then the floor will be yours your boy is on the struggle bus here tactic at 10 and 8 top of the rankings nerd bomber 9 and 10 your boy illegal 86 8 and 13 which not only i mean obviously i've played the most if you look at those numbers so that's that's also not great it means i'm never winning uh steven three and one shout out to steven very good record so tactic what are you going to be expanding our minds with today cider 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 okay i'm i mean i'm game I'm as game as I ever am, and that rarely goes well, it's but a, we'll, we'll give it the old college try. It's a wonderful fall beverage. Like it hot, like it cold. It's really fantastic either way. And so we're going to roll into it with some cider trivia. The first question is, what is the minimum number of apples needed to make one standard U.S. gallon of apple cider? Who's going first? Oh, it's you because your record is better. Sorry. A gallon. No, no, that's. No, the, I, you, I, know. I don't think you listen. I'm, I'm just. You can't just say a gallon. I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> one gallon's worth. A gallon. I uh, thought that was your answer. No, I thought you were no, saying no, no. one gallon, Bob. How many apples can fit in a gallon? I'm gonna say thirty. Oh, this is very interesting. I'm I'm trying to understand the water content of apples, and we're only in question one, guys. Apples be that's juicy. I don't apples know why I juicy, just said that. You can't, that was so creepy of me. I'm you, sorry. You can't like. You can't like squeeze. I guess you can squeeze an apple and get juice out of it, yeah, but it's like can. it's really hard. I'm okay. I'm gonna. It's. I. I think it's more. I'm gonna do. I've been doing this and it hasn't worked. But I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna say thirty-one. I'm gonna use my plus one right off the gap. He uses his plus one to great avail. So if you ever like lemons, you think are juicy. If you squeeze a lemon, that's not a lot of juice. Okay, so it's a lot of apples. Is the answer? Who's Who's your lemon guy? Because my my lemons. I mean they. You squeeze them, there's juice everywhere. All right, calm down. The answer is 80 apples minimum per U.S. gallon. Wow. Okay. I kind of feel I feel like I kind of wasted my plus one, but at least I got a point. So That said, when is the earliest record of cider being made? Oh, pff. we're going way back, guys. Hmm. This has got to be, I'm going like 900. 900. It's a weird time, but you know. I'm going to swing for the fences here and say 50,000 B.C., Jesus times. Okay, so Nerd Bomber takes this one. Oh, yeah. The first recorded references to cider date back to Roman times. In 55 BC, Julius Caesar found the Celtic Britons fermenting cider from native crab apples. So, fun fact, if you have a crab apple tree, you can make some... Yummy. Some cider. I'm already going to tell you, Tactic, no. 
Yes, come on. She doesn't let me forage. Wow. Way to get ahead of that. Okay, 1-1. One, one. So, if you wanted to ferment some cider, how long would it take to finish fermenting? What is the metric? Like, what units are we working on? Days. Here? Days. I think it'll take 30 days. Interesting. A good old month. I, I have no idea how long this takes. I, I'm, I'm going to say triplet, 90 90 days. Primary fermentation should begin in 24 to 36 hours and should finish in five to nine days. Re- that quickly? Really? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> all right, so we still right. got a game all tied up. I guess, yeah, the cider, that makes the... sense, though, because like, I was thinking like wine and beer takes like a month. So The cider that we're making would be just be way better. That's all that means. It'd be it's alcoholic. Yeah. Okay. Tied up still. I accept that. So the highest ABV rated cider beverage Hard is cider. called the Sea Cider Rum Runner. What ABV does it have? Well, it's got rum in it. <laughs> At least ostensibly. This is pretty high, you guys. We're looking for a percentage here, correct? I'm not up on my yes. ABV. This is, I mean, 60%. This is, this is, this is going to mess you up. 1%. That so this is the, this is not liquor, <laughs> this is a cider. It's, it's, that, it, it's that rum runner. It does have rum There's in it, r- but the total ABV is twelve point five percent. Oh, that's weak. That's strong that's for so ciders. Weak. I feel like I've okay, seen so, ciders that have a higher ABV. Why did so nerd bomber, your that ca- that counts as your one right? So there's well, it doesn't yeah. matter because I go first. You go first in the last round, anyways. But okay, so I have to get this or I lose yet again. How many people? attended the largest cider tasting event like when was this can you tell me that it occurred on june 14th 2019 mm. i can also tell you it happened I, in canada i don't know why i thought that would help me but the canada part actually helps what was the festival called again he didn't say actually what do you google craft it? beer and cider festival they need to work on the title <laughs> and how many people I can't tell you. No, I, I said that's the question. Is how many people? <laughs> she, was, she was trying to trick you to just say in the end. <laughs> um, no. And how many people were at that? I'm going to say 3,000. Really feeling my threes. Oh, it's got to be more than that. I would just double it, say 6,000. So, again, this is a tasting event. So, the people doing it are doing the tasting. And the answer is 306 people. So, it's actually quite a low bar if you want to beat the guinness world world record for hosting a tasting event yeah that sucks that sucks okay well here we are again you know one of these days i'm gonna get another what was the last time i won was it selena gomez i think i won the last time i need another selena gomez so nerdbomber moves to 10 and 10 you guys both now have 10 wins congrats i moved to 8 and 14 which is worse but you know there's still time I, I don't know why i would have any sort of confidence at this point but uh there's still time so you have like three whole tune months. in I have, I have, yeah, there's, there's, there's a window here, but it's, it's going to close if I keep not showing up. But if you want to see me, uh, you know, flail around with quizzes again, you can show up again next week here at the Online Warriors podcast. We thank you all for joining us, for listening. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there if you're interested in telling us what you think. And, uh, you know, tell your friends. We used to say that all the time. We used to like our sign off on the show used to be like, tell your friends or like tell your barista or whatever. And uh, I'm not going to bring that back, but just, you know. Tell folks about us because we're, we're, you know, we're always looking to get the word out. In the meantime, do stay safe and keep on podcasting.